Welcome to the family with Tevin Pittman, Alex Brant-Bernard Rasmussen, Tech Smart Catherine Brandt, and Andy Brant-Bernard. Did you just call yourself Tech Smart? <laughs> I did. One of the most ridiculous <laughs> claims I've ever heard. Wait until you hear what Catherine I got really accomplished this week. Wait oh until you, you hear. Oh, here we go. Oh, boy. Lots of stuff coming up, ladies and gentlemen. John Oliver, uh, something uh, he had something named after him, deserves every bit of it. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld's defending New York City because everybody's declaring New York City dead. He isn't having it. Catherine's tech savvy. <laughs> and something I overheard two women say on Saturday. Okay. I didn't even tell you about this because I want to save it for the show. Okay. It was, was it Dana and me when we were in? No. no it was <laughs> Screaming on martinis. We will be right back. We're loud people. To kick things off with the family. <laughs> Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Oh, well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer for <laughs> He just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Hey, Tommy. Still got the cone of silence? Why are we whispering? Because at Burnsville Nissan and Coon Rapids Nissan, we're having a secret sale. I have a question. If it's a secret, how do people find out about it? Yeah, I see your point. Missed it by that much. Okay, here's the deal. At Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan, we have our sign and drive, not one dime out of your pocket lease special on a new Rogue all-wheel drive or an Altima all-wheel drive. So it's a Walzer sign and drive, absolutely nothing out of pocket? Leave your checkbook, credit card, Venmo, PayPal, everything at home. Zip. So what's the payment? That's the secret part. Go to Coon Rapids Nissan or BurnsvilleNissan.com, type in KQRS in the search bar, and all shall be revealed. Seems like a lot of jacking around. Well, KQ listeners have been really good to us, so we thought this was a nice way to say thanks. Besides, winter's coming, and all-wheel drive will be really nice. Go to Coon Rapids Nissan or Burnsville Nissan and type in KQ. I guess that's not so bad. Wow, high praise. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Now, the first thing I want to talk about, I already, because I don't want to tell you where I overheard this, because it's not their fault that it was in their building, but I told everybody in the studio where I heard this on Saturday, I heard it on Saturday, and uh, it was really hot, right? Hot Mm -hmm. outside. It's very hot, very humid, (laughs) all that good stuff. And there were a couple of women that were talking, a couple of honkies, two two honky women were talking. Very important distinction. And it's very important to say this because of what they said. One goes, <laughs> I can't even look at Tevin when I say this. Oh, God. Oh, he says, no. boy, you believe how hot it is out there? It's just so hot and humid and the sun is just burning. It's so hot. And the other one goes, <sighs> 
Imagine what it's like for black people. I hate when people say what I I white people honestly think white women are mental now. White women, seriously. If it's eighty five degrees for white people, it just feels like ninety five for black people. What? I have a question. People think that because like obviously like if you step on like blacktop, it's hot to your feet. Like they think that that like applies to black. But you also have better protection from the sun, so it kind of right. That's why. Black people have black skin because exactly. they live on the equator where it's hotter. Yeah, and like, like that's why their skin turned darker. Jesus! Mm. Every time it's hot outside, I'm gonna I'm gonna worry about Tevin. <laughs> about Tevin. You. you okay? You okay, Tevin, buddy? Tevin. Well, he needs I a man. You must be boiling. For any white people that think that that's a thing, like if you want to just like follow it. me around and fan me during the yeah. during the hot summer days, that could be a thing. So you've heard this <laughs> before? Oh yeah, you like growing have? up, like oh my I had, god, I had, sure. I had friends okay. that like I have like friends that asked like. Is it like uh, hotter for you? I was like, well, I don't know what it's how hot yeah, you feel true. right now, but you okay, would never know. Why would it be hotter? <laughs> I feel like it's equally. <laughs> you would think that you were, You would actually think if you're, you know, like that some sort of chromosomal thing because you're black and you grew yeah. and your and your gene pool came and from. And he's like chromosome. <laughs> you know, the equator. She's Texas. Like you know, I'm just saying. Like, I'm just saying. If if they if, if people think that you you feel things differently. Well, I um, think well, I like, would think that you would think it would get darker cooler. things get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, no, you wear like dark. Like, if you wear a dark colored shirt, oh, that's and you're like, yeah, oh. so they like equate like, that to also oh, skin. Like black oh. shirt is hot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like they don't a black shirt skin though. Right, right. People are that? smart. Oh, so you're okay. you're this absorbing heat. I'm well, not yeah. Native American. Oh, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it's a thing, but I don't think it's like a noticeable difference. Where like if we put us under like heat. you're not dark enough to really know. No, but yeah. yeah. so you're, you're kind of I'm not. Yeah. Guys, I'm not 1159 black. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's I levels. Just to don't this. get this. But you, the greatest part of it was when she like this. Mm -hmm. Imagine what it's like for black people. She was all weepy about it. Mm -hmm. And I went, I can't believe. I just Your wokeness factor is... Right. You can also imagine a much, like many other things that are wrong or like not ideal about being black. Okay, you know, so one thing it did, it made me think of something very quickly, honey. And I'll get out of your way. That you do realize the longer your people are in America, they're going to turn white. No, because yeah, like it, because almost, the weather won't affect them as much as in Africa. So eventually... Well, maybe no. in a million years. Yeah, really. Well, it might be a couple of million. Right, once then, like, guys, this winter we're going to lose a lot of brothers. <laughs> yeah, they just don't want to be <laughs> here. Tevin shows up in two weeks. No, uh, uh, what happened? <laughs> to me, that comment is racist. What? What she said, that woman. I agree. Oh, I don't yeah. think it's racist. I it's think not, it's just it's dumb. Like it is. Not, it's ignorant. It's racist. It's just dumb. It's ignorant. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. it's ignorant. It's like and and this whole and this whole feeling sorry for yeah. you thing. That's that, to me oh, that's sorry racist. Thing. Yeah. I would Handering. lose it if I were black. Yeah. Don't be feeling sorry for right. me. No, I'm pretty sure you, you can like you know feel the weather yourself. Pretty sure. <laughs> you don't need anybody yeah, worrying about it for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just a thought. See, I'd never heard that, but I didn't know that people say that I all know, the time. Say, huh? Yeah, never. I've heard it. Not like all the time, but it's definitely like, a, oh this is the first time I've heard God, somebody say that. Ignorant fools. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that's incredibly <laughs> stupid. Yeah. It just makes me... Mm, I would literally yeah. have my jaw yeah. just, just dropped. <laughs> Discriminated against like, by the why? sun. Why? Why would... Why? What? Why? <laughs> <Bye. laughs> 
Like, what? honestly, like, if I'm walking around in the winter, like, oh, I feel really bad for white people in the winter. They must be, <laughs> they must be so cold. It must be so we cold are. I feel great. Right, I'm, I'm perfect right now. <laughs> well, and the fact that you go outside and it's like, you know, whatever it is oh. outside, your first thing you do is, oh, I need to feel sorry for someone mm-hmm. else. <laughs> That's what God. your day is like. <laughs> it's just odd. They're getting worse by the day. Sorry, too. I think she probably weird. read White Fragility. Yeah, for oh, real. Oh, yep. Oh, that required idiot. reading when now into. from like grade six on up. Apparently. I read it. Yes. You read it. It was a part of my book club, and I was oh, like, yeah, God. I'll read Wait, it. what is this? Why not? It's a book called White Fragility. About how, a- how assholey and white people are towards yes. blacks. And it's they cannot bow time. Who is the person? Is the author available to come on the oh, show? Oh, yes, yes. For $20,000, she'll come but over to your house and tell you. Of course. I didn't know anything about it. It was part of my book club, and I was like, sure, I'll read it. Why not? Whatever. Here we go. It's a white lady. Of course it is. Oh, no. It's a white lady. No. I started reading it Profiting and it was like, on the I, of a black I was like, yeah. I was like why is back. a white woman a writing about degree. race <laughs> issues and how I was just like this. I didn't know that she was white. And then halfway through the book or like partway through the book, she says like, as a white woman, I'm like, what? Well, why are we reading this? What? Hmm. Because well, there's books by black people that's like why I'm not talking to white people about race mm-hmm. anymore is like the yeah mm-hmm. better version of white fragility. But the Atlantic wrote an article about white fragility that mm-hmm. I was like it was so good because everything that the guy said it was a black guy too that wrote it and it was so true. He was just like because I remember in the book she talks about how you can't say bad neighborhood. Because a bad neighborhood implies that there's black people in the neighborhood, and therefore you're being well, that's racist. Well, just a given. <laughs> and so the guy, <laughs> the guy that wrote, <laughs> actually, that's actually a very, very true. My neighborhood is not He's great like, right don't, now. don't go there. Don't go there. But the guy that wrote the Atlantic article was like, you can't say bad neighborhood because it implies that there are black people there, and then you're being, there's like crime and then you're there. being racist. Yeah, yeah and black what? people commit crimes, What's and that? that's mm. blah, blah, blah. So he's like. So you can't even, he's like, you can't even mention the word neighborhood. <laughs> Why not? Because it might be this racist. Is, he was joking. Oh. Uh, yeah. He was yeah, this, just she like, sounds like, you can't even mention. She sounds like the kind of person mention. who sees, like, a picture of a monkey and says, why is that so racist? You can't show that. <laughs> I Like, so well, many things that she said, and it was actually. just like, you can't, there's no right answer, though. Yeah, oh, like, exactly. the stuff that she was saying, I'm like, you can't even talk about <clears throat> certain things at all. That's no, what's wrong with having all of these uh, equity degrees and diversity oh, God, degrees, yeah. because they have to look for problems. Yep. Yeah. If that's that their problems job don't exist, then they don't have a job. For problems. Yep. And it's easy to criticize and find fault. Well, it's like the problem. Wherever the, you go, you can find it's it. It's like the age-old problem of when you take a project to management, put something in that's really obvious that needs to be removed so they can say, this needs to go, and then they feel like they did their job. Right. Because right. if the project is perfect, they don't need to do anything. Correct. But they're going to do something. Because right. otherwise, they that's don't have a job. So they're going to say, they're just going to pick something at random, <laughs> remove it, and ruin the project. But So these HR people with diversity degrees, it's the same thing. They look for the problem because... Yes. Every everyone looks for what will justify their paycheck. Absolutely, job security. 
It's absolutely mm-hmm. true. So I heard you guys can run really fast. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, that's extra Achilles tendon, I believe is what that's it right. is. Like extra bone in your foot. Yeah, we got about that. No, and like, uh, have you seen the Oprah, like, documentary race relation no. promo thing? No. So it's Oprah. And I never, didn't watch the documentary. I don't know if it dropped. Why are you smiling at me when you talk because, about Because <laughs> so it's, it's Oprah and, like, three white people, and they're, like, trying to talk oh, about what's no. wrong with the world. Oh, and then God. from, like, the promo, it looks like there's just this one token black guy that, like, is there to, like, oh, confirm oh. what the, like what's being said. And they're, like, it cuts, like, a clip of, like, this lady being, like, or Oprah asked somebody, like, did you know that like you were living with white privilege? And the white lady's like, I had no idea. Oh, my God. Oh, I was God. so privileged. And I was like, oh, my, I can't watch this. I'm like, what's wrong with this? Like, Oprah, come on. What are you, what are you doing? You're privileged, said yeah. the multi-billionaire. Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. But, well, it's, they don't want you to point out class privilege, though. You never point out class privilege. No, you're right. And which is where all the privilege is, by the way. Yes, it is. Because white privilege, my ass, not growing up on Plymouth and Bryant. Mm-hmm. That guarantee and This that. is all coming from CEOs, Hollywood celebrities. Exactly. You know, professional sports players, people with tons and tons of money. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just yeah. Even like, they don't want you looking at them. No, because no, that's like celebrities. Like I remember it was like Lil Wayne back in the day or any athlete. They'll say like, oh, do you deal with racism? And the most of them are like, not really. Like on a like grander, grander idea. And he's like, Lil Wayne's like, yeah, I have so much money that. I don't have to deal it with. Doesn't yeah, it doesn't affect me. Right. you from all the little yeah, problems so out like, there, doesn't it? Which yes. was the one that Dave Chappelle used to do the imitation? Was it Little John or Little Wayne? Little, oh, John. Little John. Oh God, was yeah. that funny? Hell! <laughs> I just loved well, yeah. Little John said, "Yeah, all the yeah." And made yeah. millions okay. of dollars. Okay. Yeah. Most basketball player that just called a white guy a bitch ass white something. And he just apologized for it. it was oh, I don't know. It was Tevin Pittman. Did you? It was all over social media oh, this morning, me. last couple I, I of days. And I'm like, that's. I mean, trash talk is like a real thing on that's the basketball all. court, if, right? If KG would have been playing in the bubble where we could hear oh, what he was saying, like he God. would say some heinous stuff. Like yeah. he, yeah, yeah not like, repeatable for airways. Like I think <laughs> the only thing, like there was, there was a guy that used to be in the league. He had some hair disease where he was like completely bald. Okay, oh. alopecia. Yeah, there Alopecia, we go. That's yep. the one. Yep. And KG was caught on mic and he had to apologize, but he said he looked like a cancer patient and like that oh. was his insult to him. Oh, and that's it bad. Was, they were that's like, yeah, good, we can't have right. you saying no. that. Well, to yeah, and now that everybody's got an I, you know, a camera or video yeah. recorder yeah. in their pocket, on video. a yeah. video recorder, everything. I'm yeah. carrying my video recorder, camcorder, <laughs> a yak back. mic'd up right now. <laughs> Honest to God. <laughs> Behind her with like a boom okay, mic. Okay, you <laughs> You got a boom mic. You're ready to go. Okay. <laughs> Action. Well, you got to have the audio quality. We're going to take a break in a second here. So i got to tell you something that Kath and I saw in Prodigal Son last night, which I'm still laughing Great about Great show. Phenomenal. I it? love that show. Because of Wendy. Wendy told us about it, didn't yeah. she? Yeah. But yeah, that's a great. Have you seen the one where where his he's gone on vacation, so his mother buys him an all white suit? <laughs> what that guy said, that woman says to him. Yeah. So he puts on the white suit, and it's a everything about the suit is white, right? Oh boy. The white suit. Always a look. He's and he walks pumpkin. out, and this woman goes, "Hey, Colonel, love your chicken." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a great line. That's a damn good show, though. Oh, yeah. No, I was oh. hooked from the first episode. When he is holding down that, was it, Claymore Mine or what the hell ever it yeah. is, and all of a sudden he has to dive out the window. He lands right on 
right on uh, his buddy's car, just mm. crushes his it. vintage car. His vintage car, yeah. Well, he's phenomenal anyway. That everybody in that show is really, really good. Lou Diamond Phillips. Lou Diamond Phillips yep. is always good, no matter what he's in. Like he's him. always good. We will take a break. Be right back. Uh, i got to read you something. Justin Towns Earl died at 38 years old, way, way, way too young. This is a man who survived five heroin overdoses before he was 21. Oh, he's yeah. now dead. But what somebody <clears throat> posted, I just don't understand. And it's not that bad. It's just there's no reason to act like this. And we'll talk about Jerry Seinfeld. We have a special guest coming up, too, mm-hmm. in just a few minutes with the family. Tom Bernard here with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, this is a tough time for businesses, not only in the Twin Cities, but all over right now. Can you tell me a little bit about what North American Banking Company is doing for your customers? Tommy at the bank, we're helping businesses with all of our tools at our disposal. Lenders are working as long as it takes with our customers to help them through these tough times. We've processed well over 300 loans for customers and funded over $70 million through the SBA's Paycheck Protection Program. Through our payment deferment program, our current customers were able to skip one, two, or even four payments with no penalty. Finally, being a locally owned and operated bank, we're able to move quickly and take action for our customers when they need us most. Why not bank with my banker? God, I can't tell you how great it is working with Billski. Did you record that, Andy? Could you send that to me? <laughs> North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. I like it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Tevin's in studio. Mm-hmm. And our special guest, Tim Dennis. How are you, Tim? Doing good, Tom. How are you? Doing extremely well. New series, Paranormal Night Shift, on the Travel Channel, Fridays at 9 p.m. Central Time. Night is something we lock the door against. Those who work the graveyard shift must venture into the darkness. Yeah, like me, 4.30 every morning. Way to go, Catherine, while you're still asleep. In each episode of Paranormal Night Shift, we will tell three horrifying stories. See, I think, Tim, that is a great idea. I saw that. Uh, to tell these horrifying stories. First of all, since the time I was probably four, I've loved horror stories. Horrifying stories, horror stories, whatever. Love it. So tell me all about it. I want to hear all about it, Tim. It's an excellent uh, excellent premise, like you said, Tom, and, and an excellent premise for the audience that's looking for terrifying tales of the paranormal. And the first episode debuted... This, uh, this last Friday, and I'll tell you, absolutely bone-chilling stories. One of the worst scenarios, as you mentioned, Tom, is uh, being at work late at night, and I'm sure, as you know, Tom, you've worked uh, early in your career, late-night radio, Yep. Oh, and yeah. I, am, I myself had a late-night radio job as well, um, and one of the worst scenarios you can imagine, being locked in your workplace late at night, and hearing something unexplained, mm-hmm. whether it be a, a, a noise, whether it be something moving on its own, or whether it be seeing something out of the corner of your eye, or right in front of you, a person that shouldn't be there appearing right in front of you. And a lot of these stories are being fleshed out right in front of you. Uh, Friday night at 9 p.m. Central Time on the Travel Channel. And these stories are absolutely horrifying, Tom. Now, these stories are, what, average about 10, 10, 15 minutes apiece? 
Yeah, the, the show is uh, about, uh, it's 42 minutes runtime, so yeah, it's, it's about uh, 10, 10, 11 minutes a piece of, of each story. I think it's great. I See, I'm, I've always been one of those, tell me three short stories rather than one long story. I love the, the format. It, it's, a, it's a quick hit, and I'll tell you, even in that quick hit, I, you get the, the quick stories, and it gets right to it. It's not like there's a lot of, you know, um, a lot of drawn out uh, repeating of, of facts, you know, short facts. It gets right to it. It tells you the story and the scares in this, in this Tom, I tell you. You know, I, I don't scare easily. I can sit through a lot of horror movies and, and just kind of hold right. home and right. I, I, I don't get shook very easily. I actually got scared at a few of these these stories on uh, on Friday, and and I've I've had the privilege of seeing a few of these ahead of time, and I got freaked out. I'll tell you. So what's scarier, paranormal stories or having to work with darkness, Dave? Which is scarier? Uh, <laughs> uh, working with Dave, I've worked with him for, uh, for over thirty years, and I I still uh, mess my drawers every once in a while. Yeah, and, uh, I'm working with Dave. I'll take that. <laughs> No, yeah. that's great. I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen darkness in a while. It's uh, I got to get up. Well, it's been a COVID, while. I haven't seen anybody. That's true. Huh? So I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. But uh, actually, I'll tell you, Dave's had some some scares himself. He's been out on the road during this uh, COVID thing. So, right. Yeah, I, I feel for him. Yeah. No doubt about it. So, oh, you graduated from Brown in '93. That's pretty cool. Yes, I did. Yeah. That was a that was a couple years after I did, Tim. But you yeah, know, <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in there. I, how did you get involved or get interested in the paranormal in the first place? You know, I I had a few experiences. I my experiences involved some dream visitation, and uh, and then I I had uh, an interest through watching In Search of as well uh, with Leonard Nimoy. Uh, but oh, I, my main love him. Uh, yeah, yeah. My main my main dream visitation had to do with my. My great grandfather, actually, who I was close to, uh, my my grandmother's father. Um, he uh, unfortunately he had lost his lower jaw from cancer, Ooh, and uh, yeah, a, a real rough, a real rough deal. And uh, it used to scare my sister. He would he would uh, he would put a, a tissue in his mouth because he drooled a lot, oh, and he sure. had a hard time talking. You know, it would kind of talking grunts and growls, but I would play cribbage with them every once in a while. They taught me cribbage. And um, and I would sit with them and talk with them. And um, and uh, he was he was passing away at the end of his life, and I had a, I had uh, fallen asleep, and I had uh, um, a dream where uh, my grandmother was sitting on one side of him, and my, my great aunt was sitting on the other side of him, and I I was kind of floating on the ceiling, and I was watching the two of them, telling them it was okay for him to go, and they were crying and talking with him, and and I saw him pass away. Well, I woke up and I ran to my my mom and dad's room, and and I told them Grandpa Trombley's gone, he's dead, and and my dad said, no, 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 honey, he's he's not gone, he's not dead, he's you know he's sick, but he's not dead. Well, this was in the days in, in where you didn't have a phone in your room, but my mm-hmm. my dad had a good job at the time, and they had a phone in their room, and, and uh, the phone rang, and it was my my grandmother, the 
called my dad to say that that uh, Grandpa Trombley had passed away, and and uh, my dad, I, I started to cry a little bit, thinking I had killed my Grandpa. Trombley. Right, right, absolutely. And uh, so my dad told me to, you know, go in the other room and watch TV and pour myself a bowl of cereal and. My mom was all happy because she thought I had ESP, and here I thought I killed my grandfather. So, oh, uh, way to go, uh, Tim. Way to go. Yeah, exactly. So uh, at at uh, at that point, I I just I didn't want anything to do with anything. But as I started to watch in search of, I realized there's this whole other world out there that fascinated yet terrified me. Mm-hmm. So I. That's kind of where the fascination started. And I did have other dream visitations from other relatives, my Uncle David, my, my Grandpa Laster. And so I've, I've kind of had this weird fascination in there uh, as well. So. Now, Tim, this is not a paranormal deal, but it happened to me when I was, I guess the first time it happened when I was 13, I had an uncle that was, that was murdered. Uh, and then it happened oh, no. throughout my teen year. well, not throughout the teen years, like 13 to 16. It was really weird, but it's not a it's not a paranormal. I guess it is in a way, but I would have a dream, and it started with my uncle who was who was killed. I would have a dream later on after their funeral. I don't know how long—a week or a month or a year, whatever it was. I don't remember. Now it couldn't have been a year because it was so fresh in my mind. So it was like a week, something like that. For about three, four years there, every time a friend or a family member died. I would have a dream where I was standing in front of this gigantic black wall, and I was on my way to see them, but I couldn't get past the big black wall. And it basically is just a 13-year-old boy, 12, 13-year-old boy, I suppose, making up this death wall of some kind, you know? I couldn't go see him because he was on the other side of the wall. Uh, I remember that very vividly. I could, matter of fact, see it in my head right now, standing there. It was way, it, it was too tall to climb over by five miles or something. Your brain creating closure. Yeah, probably. I think it was, yeah, I, so do you think that's what that was, Tim? For it, Does paranormal have, it, it has a lot to do with closure anyway, doesn't it, Tim? Well, yeah, paranormal does have everything to do with closure. But let me right. ask you this. So you believe that behind this black wall they were standing on the other side of that yes wall? i was going to go visit his name was augie my uncle augie i was going to go visit him okay. and he was standing on the other side of this impenetrable wall it was too high and too wide to get around i couldn't get around it so yeah i so, it, it, that was the deal yeah so you don't believe this to be paranormal but i'll throw two theories at you oh, okay, okay. one right. you could you could say like let everybody in the room believes that maybe this is your brain's way of working this out yeah. And saying that that uh, this is your your way of creating closure, that they're gone and you need to move on. But I would throw this at you, too. Now, in our field, we believe that your body or your, your spirit can travel outside your body at night. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue, too, that, you know, we all believe that, that you do have a way of traveling and you have a silver cord that that attaches to your spirit that you can travel outside your body at night who's to say that you don't have your own safeguards that keep you from traveling over to visit your your relatives at night what if you're not traveling outside your body and trying to visit your relatives on the other side and that's the veil on the other side you're stopping yourself from trying to visit them 
That okay. black wall is that final veil. And you hit that final veil as you're trying to visit them. You're putting your own safeguard there as you're trying to travel outside your body at night. You know what's weird about that is he died when I was 13 years old, and I still miss him. He was, uh, I mean, he had a little problem with the booze, but, you know, other than that, he was a very tall, handsome guy, funny as hell, just the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet. But I he, I don't know how he did this, but he had a car and he had a driver, but he never worked. How'd that happen there, Tim? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I would throw that in the same category as how do all these mega preachers get all that money, Tom? <laughs> exactly. I mean, well, I don't think that's you know, a mystery. I, that is Jesus not a mystery. Jesus was poor, but, but Joel Osteen has a lot of money. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Tim, do you have a f- few more minutes? i got to take a very quick break, but if you can yeah, hang in, we'd love to keep you on. Absolutely. All right, we'll be right back in two minutes more with Tim. Tim Dennis, ladies and gentlemen, expert commentator. It says expert commentator here, Tim, so don't drop the ball on me, okay? <laughs> I won't. <laughs> uh, paranormal. Paranormal Night Shift on the Travel Channel, Fridays at 9 p.m. Central Time. Right back with Tim right after this. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. Ooh, he's got the, the time through. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Of course, Andy's here, Catherine's here, Alex is here, Kevin Pittman here, our special guest, Tim Dennis, the uh, TV show, Paranormal Night Shift on Travel Channel. It's on Friday nights at 9 p.m. Central Time. So one other thing i got to mention to you, Tim, and maybe this will all tie together. Sure. Because I've talked about this on the podcast before, is when I was four years old, uh, my great-grandmother was uh, exactly 100 years older than me. So when I was four years old, she died at 104 years old, right? Wow. Okay. Now, I should, should mention something to you. She was born nine years before Abraham Lincoln was elected president. Jeez. Yeah, oh, eight, wow. 1851 she was born, yeah. She huh. was born in 1851, so she was she was nine years old when Lincoln became president. Oh but I loved her. She was a sweet. She was a little tiny woman, not very big at all. And I was only four, but she. I just loved her, and she loved me. And I'd see her. I'd get all excited to see her. You know, much like my grandkids are so happy to see me. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Right. Right. So she she died at 104 years old, and I was told that she had died. And I do remember that, oh, you know, I can't remember if it was before or after that I was told she died because I was in bed, four-year-old kid, and I'm sleeping, and I thought I woke up, seemed like I woke up, and she was standing at the end of my bed. 
she was just standing there looking at me. Mm-hmm. And then she just kind of went away. And then I found out, I either, it was that day I found out, or I found out the next day that she had died. And I can't remember which one it was, but it really doesn't matter because she appeared to me. What is that? Why would, why would I see her? If I created her in my brain, why? Now, I could see if she wanted to come and see me after she dies, like, hey, Tom, I'm just coming to tell you I'm still going to be around. But why would I want to see my dead great-grandmother? I don't think it was that. Uh, I think you had it there right before you said you wanted to see her. I think she did want to see you one last time. Yeah. Uh, before she crossed over. Yeah. There's there's a guest we've had on Darkness Radio before. Uh, her name's Marianne Winkowski. She's based out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the show now. Uh, it's slipping my mind. Uh, but there's a TV show based on her. Uh, uh, the Ghost Whisperer, that's what it is. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah okay. was, was based on her. Um, and uh, she sees mainly earthbound spirits. And she's told us in the past uh, that when you die, you most people want to see their funeral. They want to see who wants to show up at their funeral before they go to the light, so to speak, uh, and then cross over permanently. Uh, they want to see, you know, with women, they want to see, you know, who's, who's attended, who's all dressed up, who, you know, who's there, you know, with the guys, they, they want to see who's there as well. Um, and, and all that, all that stuff. But a lot of people basically want to check in on their loved ones and, and they want to kind of have their one last goodbye before they go. Um, it's not unusual for for people to have that experience, especially with someone they're incredibly close to. My grandmother had that experience with her sister when she passed prematurely. Uh, she wiggled her toe at the end of the bed um, before she, you know, before she passed on. It was just a day or two after after she passed. Uh, I think your grandmother, actually, that was her way of just saying, Tom, I'll always be here with you. Um, yeah, I, I don't that. think it was your brain projecting that your grandmother was there. I think it was her way of saying, you know, I'll always be with you, Tom. And you know what? We were just talking about that. Whether it's her, you know, Susan Bernard was her name, or my mm-hmm. Uncle Augie, or my mother, or what, I still do think about them all the time. And in a way, I guess I could say they are still with me because it sure does feel like it. Well, and I believe she is. You know, I... I do truly believe that those people that pass over do occasionally get to see a glimpse of you before you eventually join them. I, I don't ever believe that those people are truly ever out of your life. I, I, it, I guess in my belief system, I, I don't believe that those spirits ever do truly leave you. You know, wouldn't it be great, and I'm very serious about this, you know, because people get criticized for being religious. I'm not a very religious guy. I don't know if there is a God or there's not a God, but I'm not going to argue the point either way. Right. I, I hope, I'm sure there's got to be something a hell of a lot bigger than I am. There's no doubt about that. But I, I just think mm-hmm. it's just a real, I think if people did believe, like, if your great-grandmother, your grandmother, your mom, your dad, whomever was watching over you, people would behave a lot better than they do now. Right. Exactly. I think it'd make yeah. for a better world if that were true. I think it would. I, you know, I think if people had the definitive proof, and again, right. let's let's right. take let's take religious uh, tones out of everything. 
uh, if people had definitive proof that there was an afterlife after this world, it would it would cause people to have a responsibility in yep. this life. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I, I believe you're 100 percent right. Does it work that way in Asia where people honor their relatives? Their oh, dead relatives? absolutely. Yeah, you're right, Catherine. It, it's it, it is that way. There's there's mm. more of a responsibility in there this life go. because you believe there's consequences in the next. Yeah. Yeah. It is true. So, Tevin, you believe in ghosts or the paranormal? Yeah. You do? Yeah, 100%. I think I'm pretty sure the house that I lived in in college was haunted. I was, like, there in the summer, home alone, and I heard this, like, it sounded like somebody dropped a bowling ball on the ground upstairs. <laughs> and I, like, searched the house. I thought, like, one of my roommates was home, and there was nothing, like, nothing was on the ground. There was no, really? nobody around. Yeah, so I was... That was one freaky moment, but then, yeah, I definitely think there's ghosts. You do, yeah. So you behave better because of it? No, but if something doesn't, <laughs> if something doesn't sound right, I'm definitely the first one out. Like yeah, we're not exactly. gonna stick around and figure out what's going on. <laughs> Alex, what do you think? You know, I love ghost stuff. I know you love ghost stuff, but do you actually believe that the paranormal and and ghosts exist? Yeah. I thought so, Catherine. Yeah. Okay, oh, Catherine's waffling, so I think you might have somebody here, Tim. She's on the fence. On the fence. And then finally, Andy, do you believe in paranormal and ghosts, things like that? I don't know. I think it's possible, but if it does exist, then I am numb to it. No, well, I understand. Well, so far, anyway. Tim, I think the thing right now is, and I'm very serious about this, whether it's belief in the paranormal or ghosts or God or whatever it is, People have to have something bigger themselves to believe in, otherwise they will not behave, and they will act like psychopaths. And I oh, think, yeah. Not yeah. Only, not, oh, I'm sorry, Tom, I don't mean to interrupt. Not oh. only that, but, but the anxiety I think some people would get internally, if, if there was no belief system, mm -hmm. I think would drive some people insane. Yep. Um, you know, to think that, and I don't, personally, and I don't know about you, Tom, but I don't know how some atheists deal with the end. I, I, I've thought right. about this over and over again. If, if you're looking at the end and thinking there's nothing at the end, isn't, it, wouldn't the, the anxiety drive you insane? Yeah, I think oblivion be. is the one thing I'm truly afraid of. Yes, to just be yeah. gone. Yeah. God, that'd be so yeah. weird. You get one shot, and this is how I handle mm -hmm. it? God, what a failure I've turned out to be. You know. <laughs> yeah. Right, but, but, yeah. so I think you almost have to put something there at the end uh, in order to to have some sort of acceptance at the end, wouldn't it? But I mean, as a as a good thing, some people might be afraid of it and create these, you know, poltergeists and all the rest of it. For me, if there is the the paranormal afterlife and all the rest of it. It's for a good reason. It's to remind us that we're not alone. To remind us that you know that that human beings will human beings will live on probably forever. I would get. Well, I suppose eventually will be wiped out by something, but live for a very very long time. But I just think it's good for people to think that there's something something or someone out there to answer to. I think it's really good for people. It is, and you know, there's. Uh, I guess what's kind of comforting is. You know, through quantum physics and science, they're starting to come up with uh, some evidence of an afterlife. They're starting to form some theories. Again, these are theories. There's no proof, but theories that there may be an afterlife there through quantum physics. So, right. I mean, it, it, it's, it's 
it's uh, encouraging. We'll put it that way. It is a wonderful thing. Tim Dennis, ladies and gentlemen, the show is called Paranormal Night Shift. It's on the Travel Channel Friday nights at 9 p.m. Great having you on, Tim. Another Minnesota guy doing well. Love to see it. It was great being here, Tom. Thank you very much. Well, come back soon. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Bye. Tim Dennis, ladies. So you guys see what I'm saying? It's not necessarily a religious thing. It's more of like, a, well, you know, there's something... And I don't, I don't hold it against people who are religious either. There's nothing wrong with being religious. If you go nuts and try to control other people's lives by telling them they're going to burn in hell because they don't believe right. what you believe, i got a problem with that. Well, it's better than believing in politics being religious. Well, that's <laughs> a lot true. better than Which that. a lot of people do right now. Oh, God, they do think it's a religion now, don't yes, they? Yes, absolutely. I'm right and you're wrong and blah, 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 blah. Why don't you well, shut I mean, your you know, I mean, your energy has to go someplace. Right. That's, been that's exactly proven. right. Energy does not get destroyed when you die. No. So where does it go? Anybody? Anyone? Anyone? I well, I know is it's harder for black energy. <laughs> it's, it's harder Anywhere, for black yeah, energy yeah, than, than it is for, for white, for white energy. energy. So well, you're right. I, well, I was worried about your energy way yeah. more than I was worried mm-hmm. about my energy. I thought it was going to be harder for you. You're going to become a lot better at picking friends <laughs> than I am right now. I just don't do a very good job of it. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, but uh, there is a, a very quick story that I want to get to. Justin Towns Earl died at 38 years old. Steve Earl, you guys probably you guys know who Steve Earl is, don't you? Great musician. Uh, Justin Towns Earl is his kid, very very talented guy. He also, uh, again, he survived five heroin overdoses by the time he was 21 years old. But he had been sober in recent years. They do not say what he died of, so I'm kind of wondering. Relapse. I'm wondering if it might have been the fourth. The relapse. Or sixth or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it could have been something. But 38, that's, yeah. 38's awful. Generally speaking, at that age, it's either an accident or drugs or murder. Well, if they murdered him, they'd probably mention that in there. Probably. I would imagine that's probably true that they would uh, mention. Here's a, a perfect example of why I want to believe there is either God or paranormal or some kind of an afterlife or something watching over us. Uh, this comment. So Justin Towns Earl dies at 38. Mm-hmm. Been struggling with drugs his whole life, but he dies. John Q. Username mm-hmm. posts... I would have felt a lot worse about this if I had ever heard of him before. Rest in peace, whoever you are. Why mm. even make a why? comment? Why? Why do you want to do that? If you've never heard of him, just keep it pushing. Just, why do you have to do scroll that? On. To yep. Just scroll on. Just scroll on. God, are people going to be this mean forever now, do you think? Yeah. I think they've always been this mean. I think on social God. media, yes. You just didn't mm-hmm. know about it. I do. They just had a vo- have a voice now, Andy? Yep. Yeah, I suppose you're right about that. we got to take a break here, but, you know, if I... Knew what time we we're supposed to be back, I'd tell you, but I don't. Right. <laughs> or something. Something like that. We'll be back with our two. Kostaki Economopolis will join us in about 45 minutes with the family.